to the Forerunners Podcast. On this episode, you'll hear part two of our interview with Jill Breitweiser. Before we get into the second part of our interview with Jill, I'd like to take a second to tell a quick story about her. Jill and I have had very limited interaction before we sat down at the table to speak. But before we did sit down, something happened that I feel was representative of her spirit, and I wanted to share that with you. I have three cats. I have a big fluffy cat named Ben Wade. I have a dumb yet cute cat named Little Old Man Mountaintop. We call him Little Old Man for short. And then our best cat is named Jon Snow. He's very affectionate and snuggly, but only to us. When a strange person comes over, Jon Snow becomes very hostile and protective of his territory. He's even given my nephew a black eye, thankfully missing his eye when he swiped for it. And he's clawed someone down to the bone of their hand. So when people come over, we warn them to stay away from him, telling them all of these cautionary tales. We told Jill all of these things, but she didn't give a crap. She squatted down and reached her hand down towards him. For several minutes, he approached her slowly and cautiously, sniffing her, engaging her spirit. He eventually rubbed up against her and in an unprecedented turn of events, didn't hiss once or walk low to the ground when she was near. I immediately appreciated the weight of what she had done. This is how Jill lives life, filled with courage and strength, even in the face of things that threaten her health. Now, we're about to get started, but quickly, remember there are potty words in this interview. So if need be, hide your kids. Enjoy. Um, we just finished talking about ultra running and, uh, your interest in it and the trips you've taken to camps with us, Sally. Yeah. So let's talk about your ultra running experience. So what was your first ultra? Um, so I wanted to sign up for Seashore and I dicked around forever because I was not really sure if I could do it. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. I didn't sign up. Then I finally went to like pull the trigger and it was of course sold out. Um, so I, I kept all that courage and I said, I have to find something right now or I'll lose my, my courage to sign up. So, um, the next thing I found, um, was the Yuhari 40 miler in North Carolina, which is very different than the seashore 50 K. Um, seashore is, very flat. Um, I thought ultra is ultra. So I signed up for that race. Um, it schooled me. It's a very, um, technical, like Rocky, Oh no. um, Rocky race. Um, yeah. that race is also, it sells out in minutes. Um, but I was on my computer ready to go. Um, that was my first ultra and I loved it. Every second of it. I almost DNF'd my knee locked up at like mile 36 and um, but I had already signed up for another one before I even finished that race. Yeah. So I had the next one lined up, um, single track maniac in Williamsburg in April. And then that first year, I think I did five. Um, that's shocking. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> it was definitely a lot. Um, did you suffer any injury cause you raced so much? No, like I've had nagging leg issues like shin issues which then kind of can transfer to other things and I've learned it's because um, I have to wear compression socks and I always slack in the summer because it's hot mm -hmm. 
and my shins start to get a little bit sore and then I change my gait, which then fucks up the whole chain. So I finally put all, I played investigator this year and put all those pieces together to realize that that's what happens to me every time. So yeah, um, it might've been overtraining a little bit in there. I was um, doing November project and going to run club. And um, so then I, I, and I was doing nothing for strength. Um, that's one of the biggest things I had to learn is that I, I had to take a day to not run and to just strengthen my legs. If I wanted to do these mountain races, that's something you have to do. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was my, that was my first year was, I can't remember if I did my first 50 miler in there. I don't know. I should have looked at my ultrasound. That's awesome <laughs> that you did freaking five races in yeah. your first year. Now you said, um, just a little bit ago that you decided on a treadmill, you were going to do a hundred miles yeah. and recently right yeah you you accomplished that goal well, it's almost a year now it's it been feels, almost a um, year yeah it was in um april of 2019 i did the umstead 100 um and i picked that race because i had paced a friend at it before um it's eight loops of 12 and a half miles and you come back to the the main headquarters every time which i i really like that idea for my first one um knowing that i had family and aid and yeah. pacers um and i trained my ass off i i did a 50 miler before um and then i did 100k and i went out there and had great people to support me um Fun fact, my daughter is the crew chief, not my husband. Uh, really? She runs the show. Um, you do not you do not fuck around with Marley. She <laughs> she is in charge and she will tell you before I get in to the aid station that this day is about Jill and don't complain about anything and get I mean, she is a boss. So um, yeah, it was it was uh that was April. It was a pretty badass day. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. Was it uh what was what was training like for it? How many miles did you get up to, or what what was your weekly mileage? So um, my my training plan that I come up with is pulling many from online and kind of molding them into what fits with my schedule. Um, I was running four days a week and doing back to backs and getting up at three thirty in the morning to run at four. Um, I was throwing down 15, 16 miles before work on a Thursday. And I think my, my highest weeks, I had two weeks of like over 70. Mm. Um, but it was, the training was, when I had a plan, it, it just happened. Like I did it. I do, if the miles are on there, I do it. If I wake up and it's 25 degrees and raining, it's get your shit on. Let's go. Yeah. Because when I paced that race the year before, it snowed, it poured rain the whole day. The DNF rate was 50% for that race. So I trained to those conditions so if it rained i got out there i looked for the days that it was going to rain yeah. so if on saturday and sunday the forecast called for rain on saturday most people are going to pick sunday i picked saturday because they don't cancel races yeah and you got to train for the conditions any of them so i i trained all through the winter in pouring rain no matter what it was and um of course it didn't rain during the race mm. <laughs> yeah yeah that that reminds me of that that wind run this week that was like torture but people have been reminding me that it could be like that on it race could be day like that so on you, race went, day. you gotta show up <laughs> yeah yeah man, for I, sure that wind was killing me boy i know but uh yeah that's 
that's really cool that you actually would try to look for the weather yeah. adversity and get out in it. Try to know? find the hardest stuff, yeah. It, it's smart because you literally don't know what you're going to face on, on race day. I haven't raced very many races, so most of my race days have been really wonderful. But I've heard, even around here, like there's been like shamrocks oh, yeah. that were gnarly. Yeah, wind, sleet, freezing cold. Yeah. So I can't imagine training in nice weather the entire time. And then getting out there and just having to run without having faced that weather adversity. So it's one very the, smart. One of the things that um, they say in trail running and in probably all running is there's no bad weather. There's just bad gear. Um, yeah. If you have the right stuff and you manage it properly, um, you can run in anything. Mm -hmm. So, you know changing socks and making sure you have an actual rainproof jacket, um, keeping yourself warm, you can finish anything yeah. if you have the right stuff and, and being smart about it. So that's where you have to get out there and train in the gear yeah. to know that this jacket works, these pants don't work, and you can't leave that up to race day to decide yeah. for sure. So That's, that's some serious wisdom right yeah. there. So let's talk about this year. It's kind of been... You kind of had a, a tough spot with your injury. Yeah. Um, you said you it was kind of the front end of that injury when you went on the retreat. So so what was going on with it? Same thing. Um, that I, I, I get shin pain and then I change my gait and um, I did a training run. I was signed up to do Mountain Mascus 50 miler. Um, super excited to do that race. I was crushing stairs and vert and um did a 31 mile training run on the course and my downhill it just blew my leg up big time um couldn't stand on one leg to put on my socks and i i, I thought it was broken mm. um so i went and got a mri and they said it was a stress reaction take some time off and um and now I'm back. So I. So, so you missed the masochist. I did. I had friends I had in college that ran a masochist, and didn't walk for like two or three days afterwards. Yeah. Like that's hardcore. I don't think. I mean, I think they were ultra runners, but they were younger, so uh, they probably didn't have a lot of ultra running training under their belt. But yeah, that that was interesting. So when I saw you were like trying to do the masochist, I was like, dang, she's like a boss. I I thought about um, just going out there and just doing it, and then I remembered one of the things that I. I've tried to hold really close is I want to be in this for the long game. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that come into ultra running that are in and they're out just as fast as they got in mm -hmm. because um, they do things stupid. Um, so I sacrificed one race to be able to do this for a long time because I, I love this sport and I knew that there, there'd be another, another day to, to the line. So yeah, I, I saw while you were injured, that you tried to stay active. What kind of things did you do to to stay? Oh, it was so it was so miserable. Everybody was like, "Oh, get in the pool!" It's like, no way. Um, I rode my bike. I have a stationary bike. Um, I was biking. Um, I doubled down on all my strength training stuff. Everything PT told me to do, I was doing all of it. Um, I was doing compression boots and just not running miles. Um, it was very hard when Carl would come into the living room like. I'm gonna go for my long run. I was like, just don't talk about it and just go, <laughs> just yeah. leave, and I'll see you when you get back. But yeah. it was the longest I had gone without running. Um, and when I came back, I came back smart, um, slower, easier, um, and 
I'm never taking my damn socks off, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a stationary bike over here, but my big old hulk of a brother borrowed it and broke the pedal off the thing. We'll get it fixed one day. Yeah. You'll be back. <laughs> um, kind of just like you were because I, I volunteered out at Seashore 50K and you ran by. Yeah. And there's I saw you were having a tough time. Oh, it was a bad day. But... The story that is told is that you kind of uh, had a second wind that that was that was better than the first half. I was right? able to rally for that. I, yeah. I um the I went into that race very cautious because my leg. I was just coming back from from injury and I I was not trying to throw down any PRs. It was to to do the miles, have fun. It's a local hometown race. There's a lot of friends that are out there. Um, my stomach was off the whole first lap. I was, it was terrible. And I thought it was, you know, I, my nutrition's been on point for years and I was doing the exact same thing. I just did not know what the fuck was wrong with my nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think then I just started downing calories to maybe it was a calorie deficiency. So second, the second lap I was, I was flying, felt great. Um, I was moving. And then the next, that night I came down with the flu. So I think that whole first lap was the beginnings of the flu. Had mm. nothing to do with nutrition or the run or any of that. Um, my whole family, we were all, we were all down Got the whole next down, week. Huh? Yeah. So it was, it was a good race. I, I enjoy those more. Well, I enjoy the, the amazing races where you, where you finish strong and, um, you're chasing, uh, chasing the podium. I've had several of those where I've been told that I'm in third place and I am crushing and I come across and they tell me I'm fourth. So if you talk to Scott Ward, that's my goal for this year is um, we're chasing third. Instead of chasing three, I'm chasing third nice. <laughs> this year. But um, so the fast races are good, but but those hard ones, are those are, you get so much, um, so much more knowledge from them too is when things aren't going perfect is learning how to, to pull out of those holes when all you want to do is throw up and, and take off your pack and just say, I'm done. But I said, I cannot DNF this race. I have, I'm a leader of a fitness group. I'm, uh, people come to me for suggestions on how to run ultras. And all I say is just keep moving yeah. one foot in front of the other. So my rule always been is I, I won't pull out of a race unless my health is in danger or I'm bleeding or broken. Um, and I don't mean like a scrape. I mean like something sticking out of the side of me. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're feeling bad, you can move. Um, you know, and, and don't throw a race away. There's a lot of people that if they don't, they miss that A goal, they just throw the whole race away. And I think that's cocky. I'm a kind of person that... A finish is a finish, and the number one rule is to have fun no matter what. So if you're not going to make that time that you originally wanted, throw it away. Now's the time to find other people to encourage. And I did that, and I think that's what turned that race around was um, finding other people that were having a hard time, saying hi to them, and sharing a smile or a high five, and that just brought me out of my own my own shit too. So, you know, that's all you can do when, when the race is bad. Don't pull. Don't quit. Yeah. 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 Uh, Doug... Doug Berghart was talking to me at um at a little little group run that we had this weekend. And he was telling me that when you're running and your body feels okay and your mind's trying to tell you, you know, it doesn't really feel okay, 
that you just have to remember that it's it's just a lie and that you can keep going unless you know there's it becomes obvious when you shouldn't yeah. run anymore but your uh, your mind will always tell you way sooner than your legs oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah and your mind lies so ultra running yeah. what is your future what are your future goals you just said one of them was to get a, get a little podium get a little piece oh, of the podium oh my god i swear to i'm chasing it um so i been back and forth with plans for um, t- for 2020 and finally locked in. I'm going to do the UROC 100K in May, which is um, the Ultra Race of Champions. Um, there will not be any podium- podiuming there yeah. because a lot of people come to chase the purse for that race. Um, but then I'm going to hopefully sign up for the Uhari 100. Um, there's a special place in that in my heart for that mountain. Um, that was my first ultra. I went back last year um, to race it again, and that was one of the races I came in fourth, where the year before I was almost DFL. So I'm um, gonna try for that 100 in October, so we'll see. It's, uh, it's a pretty gnarly race, it's got like 24,000 feet of climbing, and yeah, it'll be- No uh, wonder you're doing these bridges. <laughs> yeah, so. so that's why I came up with the bridge thing, so. Yeah. Well, let's, um, before we get into the bridge thing, we just talked about your goals, What's your dream races? Like, do you have a dream race, like bucket, the ultimate? The bucket, yeah. yeah. Everybody says, you know, Western and the big, you know, the Holly, I call them Hollywood races. The ones that, that get the the news yeah. and stuff like that. I'm, I'm a more low-key, beautiful place. Um, one of my bucket races has always been the Squamish 50-50. We just went to Squamish, Canada this past summer. Um, it's lush green trails full of moss and ferns and it looks like gnomes are going to come out and bite your ankles. So you do, it's a 50 miler one day and then you go to bed and you wake up and you do a 50K the next day. So that's, Ooh, and that's one of, um, that Gary, is tough sounding right that's there. one of Gary Robbins race. Um, oh yeah. Gary Robbins, the, the Barkley man. So, um, I'd like to do that. And then one day I'd like to go to UTMB. Um, I don't know that I want to do the actual UTMB. I think CCC might be more of my my game, but I'd love to go over and race, um, that overseas. place looks amazing. Yeah. So just a, just a fangirl. I, I don't even know. I mean, the amount of amazing runners that are collected in one place all at one time. Um, it's pretty incredible just to go over there and, uh, share the same space with them and the same trail. You know, yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for, um, all different walks of life. I mean, that's one of the coolest things about running in general, ultra or, or road or whatever is that, there's just so many different types of people that are out there, and we're all out there for so many different reasons. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty, pretty gnarly. Yeah, somebody in uh, I was talking to, I think it was Mike at Running Etc., and he said one of the most interesting things about running is this huge group of people can get together, and nobody even knows what each other's job is. Like there's literally like no class system to to running because it's just straight up. Running is what is the common denominator, and yeah. nothing else really matters. That's that's one of the fundamentals of, of November Project too. Is yeah. that you sweating with people, and you somebody could be a lawyer, somebody could be a stay-at-home mom. You have no idea who anybody yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Concrete mountains. Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> when I saw the post, a couple of the running leaders in the area posted it, and I was like, first of all, I want to be a part of this because the logo is so freaking cool. <laughs> Jill told me she designed it. I did. Um, but the idea is even cooler. 
So let's talk about Concrete Mountains. We just had we just had the first part of the series. Yeah. Um, this last Saturday, and there was an awesome turnout. Yeah. And it was freaking windy. It was dude. amazing. Yeah. So I, when I was coming up with my 2020 race schedule plans, um, one of the best best ways to train for any of these longer, bigger races is to to do other smaller races. Um, I find it very hard in my schedule um, with my daughter playing soccer. She's placed on two teams. Getting away and going to the mountains is not feasible for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's several different groups of ultra runners around here, but getting schedules together and stuff like that. So I said, I'm just going to come up with my own races. Um, they're going to be fat ass style. And let's get on the, on the bridges around here, get some vert and get good friends to do it with, share the space. Um, so three different races. They're all timed events. Um, first one was last weekend. We did two hours at the Lesnar Bridge. Mm-hmm. And February 9th, we're going to be at Veterans Bridge for four hours. And then March, we will finish up with six hours on the Jordan Bridge. And I know a lot of people are giving me shit because it's the week before Shamrock. Well, I know Shamrock's a huge race for this area, but there's other people that don't race Shamrock. <laughs> so, And even if you are racing Shamrock, come out and hang out. You can walk for an hour. I mean, it's yeah. not... There's no, like, you're locked in for six hours and we yeah. won't let you off the bridge. So. I came out to um, the Lesnar Bridge this week and just did my four miles. That's it. And that was that was good. And it was really fun to run with with all the runners there and catch up with friends and see everybody just trucking, dude. Yeah. And the wind, oh, that, was, gnarly. that was crazy, dude. And the, the other thing, um, so I, I definitely stole the idea from Scott Ward. He had Glory Over Pain um, this past summer at... Um, the Jordan and the coolest thing about that is that you were on the bridge with people I told everybody all my friends from all the different corners of my life are here together like you know I there's this club and that club and the November project and then my ultra people and they were all there together and I wanted to recreate that where you don't have to be at this club's run or that club's run or this race that's a road race and this so there was trail runners there was road runners there was long distance there was short distance there was fast and there was slow we were all there together mm-hmm. and nobody gives a shit about what you're doing or what I'm doing we're all just there to support each other so I, I thought it was amazing I was I was shocked at the turnout um, I couldn't believe that many people came especially after they walked out their door and felt that wind in their face so <laughs> Let's just hope the wind isn't that bad for the next two, but um, I really appreciate everybody showing up, and I, I hope everybody comes again for the next yeah. two. So If the weather's bad, like you said, it's yeah. good training. Show up. It's good training. Just show up. Mm-hmm. So that, <laughs> that I, I enjoyed my time, and if you're listening to this, I encourage you to come out there, even if it's just for a little bit, um, because it's a great time, and it's a, a good workout, and you can meet a lot of great people and run with some of your friends. And it's free. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, let's talk about the elephant in the room, <laughs> and that is the November Project Virginia Beach. You are a co-leader. Yeah. Let's talk about how you first heard about it and how you began to get involved with November Project. Um, so, I had already been running and definitely stumbled upon one of their posts, um, probably from somebody I was following, and immediately started stalking. And in looking at their pictures, it looked super fun, but I was pretty sure that it was just a bunch of 20-year-olds. They were all hipsters. There was no way that this was for me. I was a mom. I was in my 30s. Um, It would be fun just to watch their pictures. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go. 
Um, and then one day I was sitting in the parking lot of my daughter's school and I see um, a lady walking to pick up her kid and she's got paint on her shirt. It says mm -hmm. November Project. And I look and I was like, that's a mom. And she goes. I was like, well, shit, I can go. I'm a mom. And um, that was... That was the Ann Rojas, and um, she was the reason I showed up to my first November project. Nice. And I have only missed um, because I've been out of town since then. I've been going since 2017 in March, so coming up on my third year. Awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, your leadership role. How'd you move into a leadership role? So um, when I first started, I, I drank the Kool-Aid right away. I mean, everything. I, I bought the damn book, read it cover to cover. I read everything online. I started following other tribes. And just everything that November Project stood for was something I believed in. It was, it was free fitness. But not only that, it was getting people moving outside and creating community. Um, and that's the hardest thing to do as an adult when you're a child, you go to school, there's, there's a pot of people for you to pick friends from. When you're older, you've, you're at your job you've been at for 20 years and finding new friends is so hard. Where coming to November Project, it's a whole new group of people that you now have become friends with. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever the opportunity arose for volunteers and somebody to paint, somebody to, I, actually went out on a Tuesday night and shoveled snow off of the Great Neck Bridge because we were going to work out out there. So I'm, um, I volunteered for everything and I, I didn't know if it was like some kind of uh, like hazing. Like, Were you allowed to say you wanted to be a leader? I, yeah. I didn't want to say it because then if you say it, maybe that means you can't be a leader. So I never said anything. Mm -hmm. um, and then John asked me to, to come on and I... I, it was everything I ever dreamed of. I had talked about it to my husband and Marley um, for months. I, I really want to lead this, but I don't want to ask. So maybe they'll just notice. And they did. And um, so now I'll be coming up on um, two years of leadership this March. And I wouldn't change a thing. I'm, I'm in it for the long haul for sure. I love it. Nice. Let me, let me say this publicly because I can't go to a lot of group stuff because... Um, my schedule is so weird. Yeah. Like tomorrow morning, I'm going to work at 5.30. So I wouldn't, can't come to the stadium. But when I have come to November Project, it is legitimately, sorry to any other running groups or ones that I haven't been to all of them, okay? Just, it's legitimately the most welcoming one I've ever been to. I know it's not technically a run group, but um, you run there. So... With the groups that have to do with fitness, it's when I when I walk up, people introduce themselves to me, high five me, it, while I'm doing an exercise or something, I'm encouraged there. So, um, which is not something I found at every group. Some some places I go to and li nobody speaks to me. Mm -hmm. So that is not my experience at November Project. It it, it is a a very welcoming atmosphere. Um, Let's talk about something that has to do with November Project that I'm, I'm always curious about every time it comes up every year. Okay. Hell Week. Yeah. Yeah. So what is Hell Week? Um, so Hell Week was the brainchild of, of Red. Um, he came up with this. It wasn't a November Project staple. It wasn't something that other cities had done before. He wanted to do one whole week of waking up early, getting your ass out there, and, and sweating. Um, so I was able 
to go to the first one. Um, it was every day at 5.30, and we traveled around to different places. Um, we've had three hell weeks now? Yeah, three. Three. Um, three or four. I think we had a, we had one winter, and we didn't do it. haven't done a winter one. But um, summer, we get our biggest showing. Um, we get a lot of people that just come for hell week. Uh, yeah. They use it as a boot camp style thing to kick off their fitness, which is which is awesome. We get people that stay um, after they've gone to Hell Week, but but every day you come together and, and it brings our group um, closer because you see the the same people every day and and you're you're having conversations and you're meeting new friends and um, you're exploring your city, which is pretty cool. Um, we try to go different places that people would never think to go to on their own. Yeah. Um, and they feel a little bit more comfortable when they know they're going with 50 other people <laughs> yeah. rather than going by themselves. But yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And people wear that. We, we spray paint shirts um, and you get a tag when you get finish all week. Um, and people wear that like they've earned a badge and more. It's yeah, it's really neat definitely, to see how proud people are. Yeah, super proud of that. Yeah, it's a neat, it's a neat token of accomplishment yeah. So to show what you've accomplished. But I, um, I followed... Since I started on the stationary bike two years ago, I followed November Project because I was I was. It's a really cool uh, thing to to see. If you don't follow it already at, on Instagram, it's at November Project VB. Um, but it's uh, it's life changing for a lot of people. Yeah, like it it it's a place where, like you said, they found really good friends. Um, that, it's a fam- it's a family. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I I want to. I'm not going to do the whole elevator pitch, but I don't think everybody understands how global this is. Um, November Project started with two dudes just trying to get fit over the winter Mm -hmm. in Boston. And we're now in 52 cities all over the world. We're in Iceland. We're in Serbia. Um, If you travel for work and you're in Chicago on a Wednesday, you can walk up to that city's workout and feel welcomed just like you would if you walked into a Virginia Beach workout. Mm-hmm. And all of the people have the same common goals as um, to get fit together and to spread love. Yeah. I mean, and that's one of the things that I try to create in, like you said, about the welcoming environment is it's such a big chance to take to walk into something like that. And how about we make it easier, you know? When we see someone, like we, we have a welcoming committee and their job is to spot the people standing in the edge with their arms crossed, looking at their phone, like all the signs of a newbie. Mm-hmm. And we come over and we say, hey, what's your name? So glad you're here. My name is Jill. This is November Project. Hang with me. I'll show you the ropes. And you leave with a friend and you probably leave with like 10 friends um, yeah. and they'll be with you forever. Yeah. Some of the people I interact with most now are part of November Project, so it's really cool to to come there and see those people and actually be able to to run and work out with them. Um, if you want to look at the scope of how big November Project is, also on Instagram, follow at November Project because they post a lot of stories. They did you see the story this this week of the Winnipeg? Oh yeah, the the ice on their eyelashes and beards. It's it's incredible. We one of the the main. Um, the cornerstones of November Project is being weatherproof, is getting out there no matter what the weather is. Um, if it's snowing, you work out in the snow. If it's raining and 
There's some tribes in Canada that, no joke, man, when it gets 30 around here, we're all a bunch of sissies standing around yeah. with our blankets on, and it's negative 30 up there. They're badass, man. It's, yeah. it's incredible. But um, their, their Instagram's pretty cool, but there's also, if you just check out novemberdaspproject.com online, um, you can find every city. There's the background story. There's blogs. It's, it's a pretty incredible, incredible thing. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of imitators out there. There's, um, anytime Carl finds one, he sends it to me. He's like, can you believe these people? They're spray painting shirts. They're doing the same shit. And I'm like, but when, when you have the recipe that is so good, everybody wants to do it. Yeah. Um, but we have one here and it, it's, um, not something to be taken for granted. So if you've ever, if you're one of those people that's been sitting there stalking, like I did, um, just show up. Tell the people, um, when you guys meet. So we are at Mount Trashmore in Virginia Beach every single Wednesday at 6.15 a.m. That is a.m. People oh. complain, why don't you have nighttime workouts? Because it's a morning thing. will never be a nighttime thing. There are plenty of nighttime things for you to do. We are at 6.15 a.m. at Mount Trashmore. And then every Friday, um, we meet even earlier at 5.30 a.m. <laughs> um, and we rotate locations. We try to bounce around between Virginia Beach, Norfolk, different areas. Um, and this Friday, we will be at Norfolk State University Stadium, which is one of our, um, something we're super proud of. Uh, great member and friend, Taylor, she works there in the um, training department, and she worked her ass off to get us into that stadium. So it's pretty fun. We go um, the second Friday of every month to NSU, and it's like a potpourri. You get to either run the stadium, run the track. We have some workouts in the on the field, so it's um, it's one of my favorite days because everybody kind of gets to do whatever their vibe is for that day, yeah. so it's fun to see. For the people, I am just your average Joe, and I work out when I can, and if you're nervous about getting up early, just know this, you will be tired, but you won't be tired for long because once that blood starts flowing, you get lit. I for the whole entire day. Yeah, we start so. we start that workout with a bounce, and the purpose of that bounce is to get your blood flowing, get oh, yeah. you moving. Um, and one of the other things is like, people tell me I, I want to come to November Project, but I gotta get fit first. Like, no, you've got it all wrong. Like, that's why you come. Come mm -hmm. as you are. Um, you can be the fastest cat, or you can be someone that just decided that they want to change their life. We have every shape, every size, every age. Um, it doesn't matter where you're at we we welcome you and everything is customized to you you choose how many reps you want to do of something you choose how hard you want to run um, you'll never be outed for doing less no one knows what you're doing mm -hmm. except for you um, it's one of the things i love about it so much because there's nothing else like that around you go to a fitness class um, you go to a run club everybody's waiting on the last person mm -hmm. they feel that they feel that they're the last person where at November Project, we try to make it um, like a washing machine. So you don't know if the fast guy's on lap seven or if this person's on lap one. Um, but they're, everyone's out there chasing their own goals. And together, we come away fitter. So nice. it's, it's my favorite part about it. Awesome. So as we wrap up, I wanted to give you an opportunity to, um, to give some advice to the people that are listening, for, uh, whether they're people who are seasoned runners or people who uh, are thinking about running or just starting, what, what's something that you would want to encourage any runner with? 
So two things. Um, one of the biggest things is, and this is not just a pitch November project. Um, if you're a runner and you're a new runner, you have to do something to supplement your running. Um, it makes you a stronger, faster, um, healthier runner. So whatever, whether it's lifting kettlebells in your living room or doing a, an exercise video or coming to November project, add something else to that. Um, when you're training for a marathon, don't say, I can't do that on marathon training. No, you need strength training in there. It's definitely, if you quit doing that, that's when you're going to get injured. Um, and the other thing is, um, don't limit yourself. There's a lot of people that say, oh my God, 50K, I, I can never do that. Yes, you can. Um, anyone can run 100 miles. Anyone can run one mile. All you have to do is just put one foot in front of the other and do the work. Um, go out there and research. That's how I, everything I learned is from um, YouTube and articles and blogs and following other people on Instagram and um, that's how you learn the different things. Um, you know, you too can be any of the things that you want to be. I, I've seen so many people that um, I would never have guessed would sign up for a hundred or their 50K. And they did and they, and they crushed it. And it's amazing to watch, to watch that. So, so don't limit yourself. Um, if there's a goal out there, sign up, just sign up and then just show up. <laughs> yeah, I told somebody today, I think signing up is a really important step. Like just kind of committing to something yeah. that you can work towards. I I vibe with your, yeah. your advice. Pull the trigger, man. Yeah. Pull the trigger. Pull the trigger, yeah. yeah. All right, let's get into this real quick. We're going to end with a lightning round. All right. So you don't need to tell, give us any explanation. I'm facing with this or that choice and just tell us what you prefer. Okay. Hot or cold running? Cold. Group or solo running? Both. All right. Music or silence? Music. All right. Hmm. Trail or road? Trail. Uphill or downhill? Shit. I'm better at downhill, but I I need I want to I want to go uphill. All right. Gel or chew? Oh. Neither. Waffle. Oh yes, <laughs> waffles are delicious. I like them. They're crummy though. They're crummy. Um, morning or night running? Morning. Long run or short run? Long run. Mm, surprise. Garmin or Apple? Garmin. Getting ready to go to the chorus. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Nice. I, I like to hear about that. I only see a few people using them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cake or pie? Cake. All right. And do you know your Hogwarts school? Absolutely not. You don't? You do not know anything about that. Oh man, I think you're Slytherin. I'm sorry. Slytherin or, or uh, whatever Harry Potter's one is. Harry Potter's one is brave. Um, Gryffindor. I think you're Gryffindor. Sure. I'm sure the people agree. Did you just call me an asshole? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Harry Potter's the hero. You know. Um, well, I want to thank you for giving us your time. Oh, thanks and for having me. I have to say this was a blast. That I am grateful to have sat across from you oh, to share this yeah. microphone. And to hear your story and to hear all the wisdom that you've gained in just the short time that you've been running. I guess it's not that short. It's pretty short compared to Drew Midland. Everybody, <laughs> everybody wants to be like Drew. But you are you are so wise. And I think legitimately and sincerely that people 
are going to love to listen to this. And I know I am going to listen to it multiple times <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I learned from you. So thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to our sit down with Jill. It was filled with powerful stories of transformation, courage, and dedication. With close to a decade of running under her belt, Jill is a pillar of running wisdom. She's also an amazing leader. I encourage you guys to make time in your life to check out November Project one morning. You can follow Jill on Instagram at UltraCrazyJill, follow November Project at November Project VB, and finally, give us a follow at Forerunners Podcast. Join us next week as we welcome Ryan Conrad, one of the front men of JNA Racing, the company who puts together some of our community's best races, including the upcoming Yingling Shamrock Marathon. This is Danny, signing off. Godspeed.